Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. You don't see the web interface in LumaFusion. It just looks like media right in your library. So if you were using two LumaFusions and you were both logged into the same team, you would be seeing the same media. And as people commented on it, whether they were in another LumaFusion or they were online, you would see those comments popping into your media right away. Both of you would. Just like Narbox, you can play the media, you can comment on it, and you can reply on it on comments without downloading it to your iPad. And then when you drag the clip to the timeline, it transfers that media into your device. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. Just a couple of weeks ago at NEB, LumaTouch announced LumaFusion 2.0, 2.1, and 2.2. LumaFusion, if you don't already know, is the premier video editor for iOS. And on today's episode, I welcome back to the podcast Terry Morgan from LumaTouch, who you can also hear in episode three of iPad Pros. We dive into the nitty-gritty about the upcoming versions of LumaFusion. As a reminder, you can support the podcast by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts or by heading over to patreon.com slash iPadPros. Every bit of support goes a long way. Thank you to those that do help out already. Without further ado, here's my interview with Terry. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Terry. Thank you very much, Tim. So for those that haven't been listening the full time, you were on episode three of this podcast, and it's now episode 51, so it's been uh, almost two years. And a lot's happened in those two years for Luma Fusion, and there's a big 2.0 update coming out. And I know recently you guys did the 1.7 update with Storyblocks integration. Can you talk a little bit about what 1.7 had in it before we dive into what 2 is going to have? Yeah, the other things that went into 1.7 were a complete redo of the library, so you're able to search and sort in the library. So that was one big thing, but also Storyblocks we added. Storyblocks is a supplier of of content. It's a music library, but they also have backgrounds and video and, and so on. And we added that so that our customers would have easier access to music for editing their videos. It is a subscription for us to pay Storyblocks, and so we needed to charge a subscription to access that content through our app. Yeah, I think that was the main changes in 1.7 was the library and Storyblocks. Awesome. This is kind of the go-to video editor on iOS. I think it's become that for pretty much everyone working on the iPad. And 2.0, there's some really big things, including one of the most significant ones is just the amount of different like video tracks and audio tracks you're able to work with. Can you talk a little bit about the increase there? So prior to 2.0, we can do three tracks of 4K video with audio and an additional three tracks of audio. And now in 2.0, we're doubling that. So you can have six tracks of 4K video with audio and six more tracks of audio only, or you can mix it up and do 12 tracks of audio only, for instance. That's probably been our main request over the two years is more tracks, more tracks, because you want to do your base video editing. You want to put a title and then maybe some overlay effects going on. So you can run out of tracks pretty quick. So I think six really makes the app extremely useful now. Yeah, in my personal experience, as you mentioned, like titles and text that you're putting in there, sometimes in the past you had to be creative with how you did that to make sure everything could fit into those three video tracks. And now that's going to be a lot uh, more flexible, which will be nice. I think 
normally six would be enough. And if you have to get creative, you can still do that by saying, okay, I'm going to mix these down or something. But I think it's very much less likely that you would have to do that now. And something important to note for those that haven't used LumaFusion that have experience with like Final Cut Pro, my experience with LumaFusion is iPad's not slowing down as it's trying to render everything to be viewable in their iPad. It's live 4K versus in Final Cut, you may, with your MacBook Air, have the fan spinning because it's trying to render that so your computer can actually show it to you. That's a bit different with LumaFusion and how it works. I think you've hit on exactly the reason why people like LumaFusion. It's not just that you can edit, but that you can edit in a very free way because you're not waiting for the system to keep up with you. It just makes you feel more creative when you can move a clip or trim a clip or put an effect on a clip and it's instant. There's not even a second pause while it thinks about it. It's really an amazing experience. You feel less afraid to make a change, so therefore you feel more creative. Right. And one of the challenges I'd imagine your team would have is the iPad is not just the third generation iPad Pro, it's older devices too. How was it developing that with that in mind of the older devices that you have to support? Yeah, I mean, we do still support the older devices. And we realize that not everybody will be able to do six streams of 4K. And actually, not everybody will be able to do 4K at all because some of the older devices only support HD. So what happens if you do overextend what your device is capable of is just the playback will gracefully degrade. And that just means it's going to stutter a bit as it plays. But once you render it out, it's going to be just fine. It will play playback smoothly. It's just the, the live playback, just the smoothness of it. And in your testing, do you need the third generation iPad Pro for the six 4K tracks or would a second gen work for that? Or what's kind of the thresholds for the 4K? Well, actually, the new iPad Air actually handles it pretty well. iPad Pro 10.5 inch handles it just fine. I don't know what the actual cutoff is for speed, but it's surprisingly it works on more than I would have expected. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, because I've I'm on second generation pros, and it sounds like it will work great on that as well. Then something I looked over and noticed is the ability now to have audio being kind of your base track, which could be really nice. Exactly. I mean, even a normal project where you have voiceover. So in 1.7, you kind of had to get creative and put a blank clip on the main track and then link your audio voiceovers to that to be able to trim them and move them around because basically our, our main track is what controls the rippling of all the other clips on other tracks with linking. So now that you can put an audio clip right on that main track where it's in insert mode, you could edit your voiceover there and have complete control over the timing of everything. We're working on right now before we release the ability to move that main track up and down the stack wherever you need it to be during your editing. So that's something we're working on right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, like movie trailers. That's like a prime example of you have a voiceover and you're trying to match what that voiceover is saying to uh, the clips you decide to pick out for that trailer. Exactly. Yeah. I do a lot of, you know, doing tutorials. We do a lot of voiceover. We record the voiceover separate and then do the screen captures and edit to that. And it's really imperative that you can adjust the distance between sentences, for instance, or words. Yeah. 
So you mentioned moving the anchor track. So are you saying that throughout the edit, you could start with, say, the voiceover be the main track, then as you get further down the process, have, say, the main video? That's what we're working on right now. And we're going to see how that feels. To it, it will have to unlink. Say you have your voiceover track be your main track, and it's in ripple mode, and everything's linked to that. And then switch it to be a video track, for instance, have all those clips unlink and relink to new clips on the video track is most likely the way it will work. And we're just testing it out and seeing how it feels right now. Nice. And along with that, you're going to be able to hide tracks, mute different tracks, and you track headers for locking. Can you going to go into what the locking and all that is? Yeah. So if you, for instance, edited a voiceover or any sort of music mix, and you know, say you're doing a show that needs to be 59 minutes and 10 seconds, you could make your music track or your, your audio track that length and then lock it down. So it's never going to change no matter what mistakes you make on the video tracks. That would be one situation where you want to lock down your tracks. To turn off and on a track, if you were laying the view of a track, if you're layering several layers of video or text and you think, oh, I'd really like to be able to see what's behind that layer or see what it looks like without that layer, then to turn off the viewing is a real helpful thing. So that's just instant. You just turn off the eyeball button and that track disappears from your view. And visually... Brand new UI. What were the kind of design goals and this new look for LumaFusion? Just from an aesthetic point of view, I wanted to make all of our icons vector-based. I wanted them to be a bit thinner and more beautiful and also more even in size and weight. Our old icons were put in over time as well as we've been in a rush since day one because we did this 90-day countdown to release. Most of our UI was done in that last 90 days before our initial release, which didn't make for the best UI. It was fine, but now we've gone back and rethought about, as we've made each icon, we've rethought about where it should go for the best workflow and redesigned the icon and did new colors so that everything pops and everything is good for accessibility as far as colors go. It's just all new, fresh, and on the iPhone especially, I think you'll notice a huge improvement in that things aren't opening and closing. So before on the iPhone, you'd have either the toolbox open or the library, but you couldn't have the timeline toolbox open at the same time because they're taking up the same amount of space there. So now we've moved those tools out into the main area. They're always accessible. And, and if you tap on a clip, you see the ones that apply to what you're doing. This is super efficient and makes it a lot easier to edit on an iPhone. Also, there's another thing that we did in the old UI. When you tapped on a source, we had a jog wheel that appeared and made your source image get a lot smaller. So now we've hidden the jog wheel. It's still there, but it's it's behind the play buttons, so you can still slide your finger along there. But it's not taking up the UI space, so your previews are bigger now for the phone and for the iPad, actually. And then on the timeline side, we added a timeline navigator, which is just beautiful. It means you can quickly zip along your timeline with the little navigator at the bottom of your previews. Okay, so in the past, you kind of had to pinch out to kind of be able to to move and now there's kind of like a is it a scrub bar what's the 
Yeah, it's like a mini representation of your whole timeline. So you can see all the clips on there and all the layers. And it's just like a tiny representation of it. So if you know you want to go to a place where you have six layers at the end of your timeline, you just, just tap on that area and the timeline will navigate there. So I, I find that I'm doing a lot less zooming in and out now that we have that. Gotcha. Yeah. And with you having that overview, the markers are there as well. There's new markers that you can put comments and stuff in it as well. That's right. Yeah. New markers. So you can add a marker to a clip or add a marker to a timeline, add comments to that, change the color of the marker. So people have been asking for that for a long time, just to remind themselves of what needs to be done or a best part of a shot or a comment that someone made. Yeah. Nice. And then something I've encountered... On many occasions through my <laughs> is uh, I'll go back to a project three months later and there's missing files because they were from the Photos app and it got purged somehow. <laughs> so that's been fixed in this uh, version. Right. Yeah. So we've been struggling with that because we had no way of telling iOS that we needed to lock a file. They just don't provide a function for us to call and say, we need this clip never to go away until all the timeline is done. We thought about it a long time and realized that if you need that media and it's in a project, then we need to actually import it into our app temporarily while you're using it. And then when you delete the project, we'll automatically let go of it. We're not going to delete it from your Photos app, but we delete our version of it that we've kept for the safety of your timeline. We expect that there will be some people saying, why is my app so big? And other people saying, thank goodness, my timelines still work. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. It's going to be a mixed bag, but I think ultimately if you put something in a timeline, you want it, you know? Yeah, and then Narbox 2.0 integration. So there's currently Narbox in the current LumaFusion What's big about 2.0? How's that uh, improved? So they've spent quite a bit of time over the last year creating Narbox 2.0. It's incredibly fast, this device. And it also has a magical way of connecting via USB-C to USB-C to your iPad. So, you know, Apple put out the USB-C port, but they didn't allow drives to be plugged into USB-C, but Narbox has gotten around that. I don't know how, but they did. And so you can plug in your Narbox drive right into your iPad and then have incredibly fast access to the media there. We'll still import it as soon as you drag it to the timeline, but at least we can look at it, put markers, mark in and out, and do that kind of thing on Narbox without transferring the media to LumaFusion. Oh, very nice. So you can do all the previews with it still stored on the Narbox, and then once you drag into timeline, it then imports into your iPad. Right. So it's just the portion you use. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about Narbox is also, you know, over, say, Western Digital Drives, they allow us just to import the section that we have added to the timeline, plus little handles for trimming later. Whereas sort of other drives uh, that we support, like Western Digital would take the entire clip, whether you used one frame of it or the whole clip. Very nice. And then something in 2.0 is also external display support. And this is bigger with the iPad third generation, the Pro, with its USB-C port. But I'd imagine this would work with the HDMI adapter for older models. Can you kind of describe what kind of UI your iPad is now freed up to have now that that 
kind of view window is gone? Imagine that you don't have to take up that space for your preview of your timeline or your source. And what that leaves you with is a much bigger space for your timeline and your library. And in our UI, you can choose how you want to display that, whether you want it all timeline or all library or just half and half, you know, switching between the two. And we just have the little navigator bar at the top so you can still navigate through those things, but you see the preview on your output. And it's also great because if you are really working on critical color, you can hook it up to a monitor that you have calibrated. So on the current edition of LumaFusion, there's six different layout options. How many does that actually expand to when you're hooked up to an external? They are still six, I believe, but they're just different because we're taking that into account. Gotcha. Understood. So one of the functions of that display window is you double tap on it and it'll pull up kind of that frame editor. You're still able to get into that with the timeline graph or overview? Yeah. So when you have external monitor support, the preview of that effects editor is going to be on the external monitor. I think it updates not live, but as you let go of something you move would update there. It's about as good as we can do. And the external monitor can be hooked up via HDMI or it could be hooked up via AirPlay. Oh, interesting. AirPlay as well. Okay. Yeah. And then exports have been improved. What for reliability? What does that mean exactly? Can I close the app for a half second and reopen it and it won't quit out? Or This is more, I would say, more of a workaround for the fact that since iOS 11 came out, something changed in iOS it's made it more difficult to have an export succeed 100% of the time. So certain clips that iOS isn't liking will cause our export to fail. And we've been dealing with that since iOS 11. So finally, we have worked out some ways to get around that. One of the ways we're working on is chunking up the export in the background you wouldn't see it rendering uh, smaller bits at a time and then putting those together in the background so that we can overcome the the issues that we've been experiencing and it's been kind of a hard road over the last year i'm not talking about a lot of export failures but there are enough that we were like well this just isn't okay we need our app to be a hundred percent reliable so We've been working on ways to make it that way. And another thing we're doing is pre-rendering some things like the speed effects and things that tended to cause iOS to bulk at our files. Yeah, gotcha. So that's all 2.0. And do you guys have an estimated release window for that? Or is that still kind of figuring out as you go through the beta process of that? We hope to have that submitted to Apple at the end of May. Okay. But by the way we work, it really depends on whether it's ready because we're totally an agile company. So that means every two weeks we take on some stories as a team and we swarm on those stories and make sure they're as good as they possibly can be. If we find a problem, we don't move on to the next stories. We just stay on that problem until we solve it as a whole team. And we're not a big team. We're just six people. The release date is always dependent on the quality and how fast we get through those stories. But that's our best guess looking at it historically is that we could submit at the end of May. Nice. And that'll be a free update or is there going to be some kind of upgrade model for that? 2.0 is a free update. 
and it's free for those who already own the app. But we are going to raise the price of the basic app at the point that we release 2.0. So right now the app is 19.99, mm-hmm. and it will go up to 29.99 at that time. But it still will just be a one-time charge, not a subscription. And then when 2, 2.1 comes out, that's the Frame IO integration. Frame IO is a collaborative tool um, for reviewing and processing comments on media or projects that you're doing. And so we've integrated Frame.io right into the library and editing of LumaFusion. So 2.1 will have this Frame.io integration and that will be a one-time charge for that feature. I don't know the price of that yet though. Okay, and Frame.io, what other integrations are there? Like, Can someone be in Final Cut and then see LumaFusion stuff? Or what, what? can you describe kind of the workflow of how someone would use this? So Frame.io is a web interface and you import your projects and or media into Frame.io and you have a team. So on your team, wherever they are in the world, they can put markers, they can draw on your videos, little graphics of say, okay, make this eyeball shot bigger or change the color here. And you can sort of circle things and put comments. And then the rest of your team members can see that and you can discuss things about your project. So in LumaFusion, once you log into your Frame.io team, you can see the media that's been uploaded there to Frame.io and you can see all the comments And right in LumaFusion, you can reply to those comments. Like say someone says, oh, I need this shot three seconds to be three seconds later or whatever. And then you can write back and say, well, I tried that and it didn't work because of ABC or whatever comment you want to make. And then you see all that happening right in your LumaFusion app. So you don't have to go out to any other place to get those comments. Very cool. And if another team ever has an iPad with LumaFusion and I have my iPad with LumaFusion, it's not like I'm in one iPad making comments on the same project that's shared across. It's I'm on the web interface for frame.io that has all that information that's beamed down to LumaFusion on your source iPad. Well, what would happen in that case, you don't see the web interface in LumaFusion. It just looks like media right in your library. So if you were using two LumaFusions and you were both logged into the same team, you would be seeing the same media and as people commented on it, whether they were in another LumaFusion or they were online, you would see those comments popping into your media right away. Both of you would. Oh, interesting. So the media is actually stored on frame.io and it's streaming down to your iPad? Basically, yeah. So you can, again, just like Narbox, you can play the media, you can comment on it, and you can reply on it on comments without downloading it to your iPad. And then when you drag the clip to the timeline, it transfers that media into your device. You can then upload your own edited version into Frame.io from our app and add comments to that as well. It's a huge help in collaborating with teams across different locations or or large teams. Nice. And then further along the roadmap is 2.2. And this is going to be a big one for those that are still in the Mac world using Final Cut. Pro, and that's exporting to XML for Final Cut Pro 10, which includes the media, multi-track timeline, transitions, and transform effects. Is this basically you're starting LumaFusion on the road, and then you can like do all your fine touches in Final Cut? 
Right. So you can make a multi-track timeline. You could do your color corrections, put your transitions, basically edit it all together. And if for whatever reason you need a feature that's in Final Cut that LumaFusion doesn't have, you can just press a button. It'll package up all the media and the timeline and put it into a zip file, which you can then open in Final Cut and all the stuff will just show up in there. And is there anything from LumaFusion that would not get transferred over in that process? Well, we'll only transfer effects that we're sure will translate properly. So we have some crazy wild effects in LumaFusion. You can do distort effects and other things where the data for exactly what that looks like would not translate via XML. So we're not going to even try. We don't want people just to be disappointed with the effects. So any effects that are like, if you say you put a picture in picture and you put it at a certain position and a certain size, that's easy for us to translate that. So those kind of effects would come over. The other types of effects will just show up as unaffected clips. Okay. And is it a one-way process? Is importing from Final Cut to LumaFusion going to be a thing or... Is that harder? It's actually part of our process as we've been testing the export to XML. Part of our testing includes importing it again. So it's not actually harder. We'll just have to handle the things that you do in in Final Cut that aren't in LumaFusion in the same way and figure out what to leave out of the translation backwards. But no, it's possible. And we'll probably do that after we do the export to XML. Nice. Yeah, the one scenario I could think of just off the top of my head is using Final Cut Pro to do your initial multi-cam edit as you just click between the cameras to do that initial edit, then beam it off to LumaFusion to do all your other stuff if you want to take it on the road from there that's right and yeah there would be a number of reasons in fact we have one customer angelo chiaccio he's traveled all over the world just with what he can carry in his backpack which includes luma fusion and i met with him after his 300 day trip just to debrief on how it went with him and LumaFusion. He asked the same question. Can I do my basic clip management in Final Cut and then export to LumaFusion to edit? I thought that was pretty funny because I hadn't thought about it in that direction. But he said, I just have more fun editing in LumaFusion, so I want to do it there. (laughs) He said it's more useful for him to manage all his media on a desktop. So he was going the opposite direction for the reason of just having more fun editing. Yeah, very cool. Anything else about uh, 2.0 or beyond that you want to mention before we wrap it up? That's about it. I mean, we're super excited. We've expanded our team over the last year from three to six and a half. And we just are really excited about what we're doing and feel like our team is raring to go for the next year. We have some exciting things coming up uh, in the next year. So keep in touch. Great. And for those who want to find more information, uh, where should they go? Lumatouch.com. L-U-M-A-T-O-U-C-H. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, for those that haven't listened to episode three, that's another good episode to listen to to kind of get a baseline of what LumaFusion is more than the 2.0 and beyond. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. And congratulations on getting so many episodes done in this time. That's amazing. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. You can send your feedback to me at iPadProsPodcast.gmail.com email a voice memo i'd be happy to include your audio in a future episode i'm on twitter at ipad pros podcast and as mentioned at the top of the show if you haven't had a chance to review the show on apple Podcasts, i highly encourage you to do so every review helps send signals to promote the podcast more in search 
and helps other people discover the show. Thank you for your time and attention today. Talk to everyone again real soon.